0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from the backup studio in Tallahassee now that our usual facility is closed because of COVID-19. The person who tested positive did not have any symptoms. More than 6,000 new cases of the virus were reported by the Health Department Tuesday. That brings Florida's running total to more than 152,000 since March. The COVID surge in Florida is now so bad, even the military is staying away. The Department of Defense says the Sunshine State is off limits to military personnel because of the virus. Floridians who want to visit their relatives in prison will have to wait. The Department of Corrections has extended the ban on personal visitation until the middle of the month. July 1st is a big day for state government. The new budget takes effect, as do many of the bills passed during the legislative session, including the House Speaker's health care reform bills.
1: The health care industrial complex made up of hospitals, medical device manufacturers, and pharmaceutical companies, are the great robber barons of our time. Today on
0: Sunrise, a deep dive into the governor's environmental agenda. Ron DeSantis has signed two bills that are being hailed as game changers in Florida, including serious fines for polluters in a state that has a reputation for letting development run wild. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida man who lost his license years ago, long before his ninth DUI. And now, the top stories on Sunrise, for Wednesday, July 1st. Officials at the State Health Department reported 58 more deaths Tuesday from COVID-19, which has now killed at least 3,604 people in the Sunshine State. How bad is the crisis here? Bad enough for the Department of Defense to order all active-duty military service members not to travel here, whether it's for leisure, temporary duty, or even a permanent change of station. As an Air Force brat who spent the first 18 years of my life on military bases here and overseas, I can tell you that last part about not moving to your new assignment is pretty serious. Florida, California, and Michigan are all off limits because of the spike in COVID. In order to go from red status to green, we have to show a decline in positive cases for 14 days and have adequate hospital capacity in the event of a sudden uptick. COVID is still spreading through the military. The Military Times reports that last weekend, 1,100 more service members tested positive, a 10% increase in just three days. The vice president has canceled two campaign events in Florida because of COVID 19. Mike Pence had scheduled a bus tour tomorrow, along with a meeting with Governor DeSantis to talk about the pandemic. The VP had also been planning to deliver speeches in Sarasota and Lake Wales. Governor DeSantis continues to blame young adults who ignore social distancing guidelines for the surge of COVID cases, but he says the state is trying to get a handle on the situation.
2: So there's a lot being done. Uh, I just approved. Uh... I think about 135 million of CARES Act funding for the Florida Department of Health to help augment additional um, you know, support in terms of epidemiologist support. Uh, what you find, and part of the reasons why I think you've had more cases is, if, if we were, this was March 30th, and, uh, and you tested positive, And you had 10 friends that had been in contact with you, close contact, but they weren't symptomatic, none of them would have been tested. I mean there just weren't, there wasn't enough testing capacity. Now we were in a situation where if somebody tests positive, um, that person can, they, they can have actual contact tracers, but a lot of what they do, they'll call their friends, say, hey, I just tested positive. I know we were at, you know, somebody's house the other night. And then those folks are going out and just getting tested. Uh, so you're having the testing really focus in some respects on the people who have been exposed. Uh, and, and I think that that's part of what you're seeing. So there's, there's 130, I think 138 million for more epidemiological support, obviously the counties also got huge amounts of money for the CARES Act, um, and I know that places like Miami-Dade are doing a lot, you know, to augment that. Uh, but I think the picture—I mean, we, we kind of know. I mean, obviously the home. Is the number one place because you're just in close sustained contact with people so our message for those who are in multi-generational housing uh, if you have somebody that's more elderly in those multi-generational housing that is somebody that if if a younger person is infected uh, that, that would be vulnerable in those situations. And then obviously I think we've seen different types of social situations with some of the younger folks, you know, has driven, um, has driven some outbreaks. But, uh, but, but it's, it's, it can be effective, and I think you've seen it in some of the agriculture um, outbreaks. I think you've seen it with some of the younger people with their outbreaks and some of the, the folks that have, that have done some good work throughout the state.
0: While most of these new cases are trending younger, DeSantis says the state is still focused on protecting older Floridians who live in nursing homes and long-term care.
2: You know, long-term care facilities, uh, we've done a lot in terms of testing, limiting access, providing PPE. Now we're doing the routine testing. But that's something, you know, every county, should be in touch with their long-term care facilities, should be working with them. Some counties have done a much better job than others um, in terms of, of terms of how you do that. I mean, you look at some counties like in Orange County, they've had very few cases relative to their population and consequently they have one of the lower fatality rates you know, in the state. Uh, so that is just something that I think is very, very important. Look, we have a track record now. You know, we understand who's most at risk and let's really focus our efforts on protecting the vulnerable.
0: Nursing homes are still off-limits to visitors, and there's no indication when that will change. The ban on personal visitation at state prisons has been extended until July 15th. It was imposed back in March to try to limit the spread of COVID behind bars, but there have been more than 2,400 confirmed cases among the inmates and the staff, and 24 inmates have been killed by the virus. The Department of Corrections says the decision to reinstate normal visitation will be evaluated in consultation with public health experts. In the meantime, inmates will continue to have access to their loved ones through mail, phone calls, and video visitation. More than 100 of the bills approved during the legislative session earlier this year take effect today. That includes new laws that expand the authority of pharmacists and advanced practice nurses to provide more health care services without the supervision of a doctor. Those bills were championed by House Speaker Jose Oliva of Miami-Dade, who declared war on the health care establishment on the opening day of the session back in January.
1: We did not choose health care as our priority. It chose us. It chose us through the sheer audacity of the defenders of the status quo. I'm not given to hyperbole, and I use these words with precision. The healthcare industrial complex, made up of hospitals, medical device manufacturers, and pharmaceutical companies, are the great robber barons of our time. The term robber baron is defined by government manipulation, monopolizing of an industry, and price gouging. Check, check, and check. The caregivers who work in these institutions are good and dedicated people, and we're fortunate to have them. The collective actions of the institutions that employ them are unconscionable. These institutions interact with our citizens at their most powerless and exposed moments, and they financially assault them. If during a hurricane, a supermarket, or a hardware store, or a gas station raised its prices even slightly, there would be mass outrage, and rightfully so. But if, God forbid, on your way home today, something terrible befalls you and you're involved in an accident, you will be in the hands of very good people that will work hard to save your lives. And the institutions they work for will gouge you for every good and service that is provided to you.
0: Gosh, it was a lot easier to vilify the health establishment back then. Funny how a pandemic can turn price gougers into heroes. Some major environmental bills approved during the session are also taking effect today. In fact, the governor just held a signing ceremony for two of them. We'll take a deep dive into Florida's troubled waters right after this. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast, and we're much obliged. Florida Hospital Association members are safe, ready, and equipped to care for all Floridians. As our hospitals resume elective procedures, ensuring the safety
2: and well-being of our patients, employees, and communities remains our first priority. Contact your local health care provider for information on visitation policies, access restrictions, and how to get needed care safely. Please visit the Florida Hospital Association at fha.org slash COVID for more information.
0: Welcome back to Sunrise. When Ron DeSantis was elected governor, one of the first things he promised was a new focus on the environment, and he's keeping his word. DeSantis traveled to Juneau Beach Tuesday to sign bills that will mean major changes in the way water quality is protected and polluters are punished.
2: Two of our top priorities for this most recent legislative session was one, a a database comprehensive bill to protect and improve water quality that addressed all major sources of nutrient pollution. And then two was a bill to increase civil and administrative penalties for environmental crimes to create a meaningful deterrent uh, for polluters. And that includes a lot of municipalities, not just private industry. Uh, And I think it's an exciting day to be able to sign these into law. Now, our water quality bill uh, was really comprehensive, probably the most comprehensive bill we've seen in quite some time. Um, It makes significant changes to expedite improvement of water quality throughout Florida by addressing issues related to wastewater, septic systems, stormwater, and agriculture. Uh, A huge component of this is dealing with these wastewater discharges. Uh, Many wastewater treatment systems in Florida are poorly maintained, and the network of pipes supporting them. Uh, have fallen into disrepair you know as a result of this even relatively moderate rain events can cause a system to be flooded forcing a discharge of raw sewage into waterways and estuaries and since 2017 we've seen hundreds of millions of gallon uh, gallons of sewage discharges So this legislation requires utilities to develop inspection, maintenance, and replacement plans for their wastewater systems, rather than continuing to allow these systems to age and fall into even worse condition. Uh, Unfortunately, um, previously, the DEP at the state level, their authority to intervene was primarily after these discharges were occurring. Now, with the passage of this bill, the Department of Environmental Protection will have the authority to intervene on the front end by inspecting these systems and requiring better upkeep to avoid future discharges. Legislation's second major provision addresses septic tanks, which are also a large source of nutrient intrusion into our waterways. We have about 2.6 million septic systems uh, in the state of Florida, which is a lot. Uh, the Florida Department of Health, which currently oversees the state's septic system regulations, only contemplates the human health impacts of septic systems, but not their environmental impact. Uh, this legislation transfers the authority of septic take inspection from the Department of Health to the Department of Environmental Protection to make sure environmental harm by septic systems is finally accounted for. The legislation also requires our plans to improve impaired water bodies, known as Basin Management Action Plans, or BMAPs, to include septic remediation plans. Uh, we need to address the environmental impact of septic tanks, and this bill puts us on a path to do so. Uh, the legislation also addresses the state's regulation of stormwater systems. When it rains, the stormwater system should be able to ensure the flow of water does not carry pollutants and nutrients into our waterways. Stormwater systems throughout the state are based on outdated science and are largely based on the singular purpose of preventing flooding, not adequately accounting for environmental impact. So this legislation directs the Department of Environmental Protection to adopt rules to ensure that our stormwater systems throughout the state reflect the most up-to-date science and fully contemplate environmental harm. And finally, uh, the Act acknowledges uh, the role that agriculture plays in terms of agricultural runoff, with our water quality, and it requires the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Affairs to perform on-site verification of best management practices every two years. And while this is a function with the best management practice that should that is regulated by the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, uh, this bill will hopefully support those efforts. So all these changes uh, are really strong step forward for Florida's environment. Uh, certainly one of the most significant pieces of substantive legislation um, in quite some time. And I'm going to be happy to sign that in the law just in a minute. Uh, we also have our environmental accountability bill. Um, along with our water quality bill, we needed a bill that had penalties for violating environmental laws that actually do what they're supposed to do. Serve as a meaningful deterrent uh, against bad actions. Uh, if you have penalties that are too low, that just becomes a cost of doing business. And so most of the penalties that we have in law have basically been there for 20 years, um, and, and they really didn't pack the, the punch that they needed to. Uh, so this bill not only increases civil and administrative penalties by 100% for sanitary sewer overflows uh, and 50% across the board for all environmental, uh, all other environmental crimes, but also authorizes the Department of Environmental Protection to assess daily penalties until a violation is addressed. This strength and enforcement will hold polluters more accountable and further protect Florida's treasured natural resources.
0: The governor's focus on the environment is a complete reversal from his predecessor. Rick Scott was the jobs governor. To him, environmental regulations were a burden to the economy. Under Scott, the Department of Environmental Protection stopped working as a watchdog and became more of a lapdog, often seeming more concerned with granting permits to developers than protecting us from polluters. Noah Valenstein ran the DEP under Scott. He's doing the same job for DeSantis, and he says everything changed when the new governor took over.
3: For our agency, it was incredibly exciting um, and heartening to see that dedication. And we got to work, and you did simple things like telling a group of scientists to get together, study the problem, and give recommendations. Seemed simple, but simply hadn't happened. Um, And so now, two years in, we have a full-fledged environmental movement going on here in Florida that I think the nation is paying attention to. You heard the governor talk about the first piece of legislation, which for me, having been um, in public service and working on the environment for almost 30 years, is certainly the most comprehensive legislation I've seen. And it started with that idea, ask scientists what we should do, discuss it with the agency, and get all the stakeholders together, work with agriculture, work with utilities, work with urban sources, work with homeowners with septic tanks. Don't point a finger, but ask people to come together and to do more now for Florida's environment. Again, a simple concept, but it simply had not been tried, and it certainly worked out well. And so for an agency to have across the board, our penalties increased by 50 percent, which simply had not kept up kept up with an increasing economy and cost of living um, after years and years of being the same is really going to help as a deterrent. Again, as the governor mentioned, for sanitary sewer overflows, which we've just seen too many here in Florida, they actually went up 100 percent. And so I thank the legislature for their support. Thank the governor for really kicking off a massive environmental movement here in Florida.
0: Of course, you expect that sort of talk from a guy who works for the governor. But Eric Eichenberg with the Everglades Foundation says it really is true.
3: This governor laid out a bold vision for Florida's environment and for our natural resources. Now, a year and a half later, as we're here this afternoon in beautiful Juneau Beach, this governor continues to cement his legacy as a true champion for what makes Florida great. Our environment, our beaches, our Everglades, our natural springs, all of the facets that bring 125 million tourists to Florida each and every year. The economy is intricately linked to our environment, and this governor, like no others, has made it not just a top priority of his administration, but each and every day he gets up and does all he can to preserve what we've been given. Given not only for this generation, but for the next.
0: DeSantis also made it possible for Republican lawmakers to talk about things like climate change, a topic that was off-limits with the former governor. This new environmental wave that Eichenberg and Valenstein mentioned was there all along. We simply needed to find a governor who was willing to ride that wave. Your calendar of events? Well, today is the start of a new fiscal year for Florida, the day the budget takes effect. It's also the deadline for public officials here to file forms disclosing their financial information. Now, that's supposed to help us figure out when they have a conflict of interest between their personal finances and their public actions. The Florida Commission on Offender Review meets at 9 Democrats in the Florida Senate hold a video conference at 1 to critique the governor's fight against COVID-19. It will not be good. And the Florida Commission on the Status of Women holds a conference call at 2. Finally, it's time for the continuing adventures of Florida Man. A Florida man's been arrested for driving while impaired, and it's not his first rodeo. This is the ninth time that 61-year-old Gary Joe Haney of Largo has been charged with drunk driving. His DUI arrests date back to 1988, all of them are in Pinellas County, and have resulted in increased punishment every single time, starting with fines, ending up in state prison. He's now charged with committing his ninth DUI, driving with a license suspended for the seventh time, refusal to submit to testing for the fifth time. And this is all while he's still awaiting trial on a series of charges after being accused of sideswiping a car and hitting a concrete power pole back in September.